This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that. And kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high heat processing, making it an ultra processed food. The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we discuss strategies and solutions for making our lives happier, healthier, more productive, and more creative. This week, we'll talk about why we should avoid a false choice, and we'll talk to Melissa Hartwig-Urban, who you probably know from The Whole 30 and her podcast, Do The Thing, about a few happiness stumbling blocks, one related to Halloween. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is Elizabeth Kraft, my sister, and sometimes my happiness guinea pig. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in Los Angeles. And Gretchen, I definitely need help with that Halloween candy, so I'm (laughs) excited to talk to Melissa. Well, speaking of Halloween temptations, um, I'm supposed to check in with you as your accountability partner for your number six, your one word theme for the year. Uh, We had one check in and we needed to move it to this check in. So I'm asking, how's it going? Okay, well, I did. So the whole question is, how am I doing on my size six goal and also getting to my A1C of six? I should say about the A1C, Gretchen, that I said six, but really it's in the sixes. So six is sort of a general number okay. there. Yeah. So I got my A1C and it was not in the sixes. I Aww. was so bummed. It's Aww. 7.1. Oh. My doctor feels strongly. We can, as he said, shave it for the end of the year so I will hopefully be in the sixes in our final check-in. But I really thought I was going to be in the sixes. So that was extremely disappointing to me. Uh, And then on the whole size six of it all, I'm still just, I mean, I have to say, I'm still kind of stalled out. Now, many people have pointed out that, like, I've lost like 15 pounds. So just sort of maintaining that is a win. Yeah. But to get to a size six, I'm going to have to lose like another at least 10 pounds. So, you know... It's continuing on, but at least I'm not like gaining back the weight. Right. And it's been a few months. So 
I'm trying. Okay. Well, and we've got a check. You know that we've got a big check-in coming up because we're coming to the end of the year. So. Yes. So I'm hoping that I will have that A1C in the sixes. And then once it gets there, I just want to keep it there forever. Yeah. Okay. We shall see. Onward. And we should mention, Elizabeth, that we have been able to be face-to-face so much with each other lately because we've been on our live tour for the Happier Hour uh, live show with Gretchen and Elizabeth. And we've got some more places still coming up. We're so excited. Yes, we're going to Providence, Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn. Yes, you can get all information if you go to GretchenRubin.com slash events. We hope to see you there. Please bring your friends. But Providence and Philadelphia are both sold out, I believe, Elizabeth. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But other places, keep calm, bring your friends. And Gretchen, we want to remind everybody to read the amazing memoir by Isaac Mizrahi called I Am for our book club. Isaac is going to come and talk to us um, about the book. I'm so excited because I'm a huge fan of his. Um, I cannot wait. Yes, that's going to be great. So now it's time for the Try This at Home. And this week, our Try This at Home tip is to avoid a false choice. And what do you mean by that? Well, false choice is when we set something up so we have to make a choice between two options when, in fact, maybe those aren't the only two options. And I started thinking about this when a friend was describing a new job that he had been considering and he was thinking that he would not take. He said, no, I don't think I'm going to take it because there's two ways to do that job. One guy did that job and he was like the wise counselor to the boss. He was an old friend. He had the boss's respect in his ear. He'd known him forever. And then there was this other guy and he was like the suck up. He was the sycophant who told this boss everything he wanted to hear and did all his dirty work. He said, I can't be the first person. I'm not the old friend. And I refuse to be the kind of sycophant. So there's no way that job's for me. It's like, those aren't the only two choices, I don't think. There's probably a lot of ways to do that job. And so he was limiting himself by just saying it's one or the other instead of mm-hmm. saying, what's, what are the other options that I could choose? Yeah, and there's a lot of times in life where these false choices arise. Yeah, like people say, I can have a job I enjoy or I can have money and security. It's like, are those the two choices? Or like <laughs> somebody told me this years ago, I remember she said, I have to decide whether to marry him now or accept Except the fact that I'll never have a family and I'll be alone forever. I really don't think... That is a false choice. Yeah. Yeah. So why do we make false choices, Gretch? Why do we create these? I think false choices are tempting for a couple of reasons. One, you know, instead of facing just a bewildering array of options, like, oh my gosh, sort of like all these possibilities, you limit yourself to a few simple possibilities. And so that kind of reduces your decision fatigue. And also Mm -hmm. what people often do is they kind of tip the scales. You know, Mm -hmm. they'll set up the options, which makes one obvious. Okay, this is the right choice. And the other one is like obviously the wrong choice. But even though false choices can be comforting, I think they can also make us feel trapped. Um, Like, ooh, I have to choose between these two and I don't want either. And they can also blind you to the fact that there there are other options. You know, maybe somebody said to me, whenever I'm faced with a, with two choices, I say I want neither. And mm. like, what are the other choices? How could you how could you set up the situation so that other choices are revealed? Well, you know, Gretch, when Sarah and I have a creative disagreement, we don't just decide who's is right. Like, it's not, it's not we, right we or try wrong. Not to yeah. yeah, like say, well, it's going to be yours or it's going to be mine. We always try to find a third option. We keep talking until the answer becomes clear because what we've realized is usually if one of us is bumping on something. Uh, There's a reason for that, and no doubt there's going to be a better third choice. Right. 
Right. So it's presented as this or that, but you say, now we need to go even beyond that. Well, I have sort of something similar in my life, which is I used to feel when I was working on a book, it was like, I'm either working on the research on the writing of my book, or I'm wasting my time if I'm getting pulled Mm. into some other unrelated obsession, which, you know, Mm. I am want to do. And and, and now, and so it's sort of like, you're either working or you're goofing off. And now Mm -hmm. I'm much more tolerant of thinking, well, sometimes these are side projects. Now there's kind of downsides sometimes to spending time on side projects instead of my main project, but there are also upsides. And so now I try not to be like, this is legitimate or illegitimate. It's more like, well, this is this is the big one, and then these are the smaller ones. And sometimes the smaller ones later become the big ones. Exactly. For instance, clutter clearing for you. Yes, exactly. It started out as a side project, and then I got so into it, it became a whole main project. Yeah. People often say, don't say or, say and. So I want a job I love and I want security. Right. Instead of, that's again, it's not one or the other, it's both. And the thing is, in the area of happiness, I hear a lot of false choices. For instance, people say, I'd rather have a few true friends than tons of shallow friends. But it's not like there's true friends and shallow friends. There's all different kinds of friends. And you can have friends who are intimate, dear friends who would like be in your bridal party. But then there are people who are, who are loose friends and they can still add to your life, even though they're not a, a deep friend. Or people will say things like, well, I think it's more important to be authentic and honest than it is to be positive and enthusiastic. And I'm always like, mm. well, maybe I can find a way to be honestly enthusiastic. You know, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and people also say, I think it's more important to worry about other people's happiness instead of thinking about myself and my own happiness. Yeah, it's not either they're happy or you're happy. It's like, how can that's the and how can you be happy and I be happy? And the second splendid truth is like when you think about your own happiness, that actually helps you to make other people happy as well. So they really work in combination. Gretch, I'm really interested to hear from our listeners on this. Like what false choices have they made or are they currently facing? And how does thinking about not making a false choice help them? Yes. Let us know if you do try this at home and how avoiding a false choice worked for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode, happiercast.com com slash two four five for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got a happiness hack that we got from our mom. But first, this break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Elizabeth, we were hanging out with our mother because we were in Kansas City doing a live event, and she she has given us many great hacks and tried this at homes and secrets of adulthood. She's very wise. And this was a great hack that she suggested. Yes. She said that if you're going to a museum that you're not familiar with and you're not sure what, you know, the best things to look at are, go to the gift shop and see what postcards they sell. Because of course, (laughs) they'll sell the postcards of their best, most important works. And you can use it as a guide as to how to approach the museum. And I thought that was such a good idea. No, it's just this quick, easy way. You don't have a guidebook with you and you can't, you know, can't do the research. It's just go to the gift shop and it will be on display for you. Yes, it will be very obvious what you should go see. Eleanor and I were recently at the Frick, and it was exactly that. Everything that was most important was the stuff that had the the postcards and the posters and the postcards and all that. Absolutely. But Elizabeth, I want to throw in a bonus hack that we also got when we've been traveling around. And you will remember this well and why I have this hack. We were in Chicago. We were, it was so fun. We were there the day of the Chicago Marathon. And so we got to see all the marathoners running. And we actually had some marathon runners in the audience that night. We were very impressed. At least two of them. Yeah. But here's the hack. If you are in a city on the day of a marathon, whether or not you are running in the marathon, the next day, the airport will be nuts because of all the people who are flying home from the marathon. And I got there first thing in the morning and it was a zoo. And I was asking the guy, one of the TSA guys there, and he said, it's the day after the marathon. Everybody's going home. And I thought I would never, sure, you know, like if you travel at Thanksgiving, it's going to be really crazy. Right. But so many cities now have marathons. And I was thinking it's a good thing to know that if you're traveling that day, give yourself extra time. Yes, that is a great hack because the last thing anyone, anyone wants to do is miss their flight. Exactly. Elizabeth, now let's talk about a happiness stumbling block. And we're actually going to talk about two stumbling blocks. We're very excited to be talking to Melissa Hartwig Urban. She's the host of the terrific podcast, Do The Thing. She's written many New York Times bestselling books. She's the founder of the Whole30 program that so many people have used to improve their relationships with food. Melissa has a new book that just hit the shelves, The Whole 30 Friends and Family. It's all about how we can keep our health commitments to ourselves while still having fun at social events, which is often a tough situation for people who are trying to eat more healthfully. 150 recipes for occasions like dinner parties, book club, office potluck, tailgating, Sunday brunch, weekend house guests. There's so much. Hello, Melissa, and you're talking to us from Santa Monica. 
Hello. It's so good to talk to you again. I am. Hey, Melissa. Hello, Elizabeth. Now, before we ask you our big question, given the date, it's the day before Halloween, we cannot resist (laughs) asking you, how do we deal with the temptation of Halloween candy? Um, Oh, I love that we're diving right in. (laughs) Yeah, well, you you talk about food freedom and Halloween candy. uh, It's ubiquitous. How How do we think about it? This is what I like to remind people. You are an adult with a credit card and car keys. And you can go buy a mini Snickers <laughs> or a giant Snickers anytime you want. You know, Halloween candy is not special. So just because it happens to be in your house and it happens to be free doesn't mean it all of a sudden takes on this like new connotation where it's the most special thing you've ever eaten. Right. It's like people are like, I have to act now or lose out forever. It's like, no, yeah. the, the Snickers will be there always. Always. And it's probably stale. Honestly, it's probably been in that person's pantry since last Halloween because it was left over. So like realistically, it's not going to be worth it. Okay, well, now let's dive into the really big question. And this was part of your motivation for writing the whole 30 Friends and Family book, which is this stumbling block that so many people feel, which is how do we stay true to our health commitments and eating healthfully when we're in social situations, when we're out with friends, when we're in circumstances, when we're with lots of other people? And that just makes it feel harder to stick to our guns and to eat the way we want to eat. It does. And I think that that's one of the often overlooked stumbling blocks of trying to make changes to your diet for whatever reason in whatever fashion. You know, you think about planning and preparing meals. You think about what you're going to do when you're on the road for emergency food. You think about, you know, stocking your pantry, but you don't often think about how am I going to handle these difficult conversations that may come up in social situations when people observe me making these changes. Mm. Yeah, I think a lot of people even just try to avoid socializing. Like if they're on a diet, they just don't want to see people because then everything gets complicated. It does, but then how are you supposed to take what you've learned during this exactly. you know, 30-day experiment and turn it into a lifestyle? Yeah. If you turn into a hermit yeah. during your elimination <laughs> no, program terrible. or your Whole30, you're not going to be able to continue. It's really about figuring out what serves you and then setting and holding those boundaries and practicing until it becomes effortless. And do you think it's it's more about what the people themselves are feeling? Like, if I don't eat this way, this holiday isn't going to feel special? Or is it more like others will feel bad if I don't partake? Is it coming from feeling your own feelings or feeling how other people are going to react? It's definitely a little bit of both. We have such strong emotional like connotations with yeah. food, emotional connections with food. So it's kind of like, well, how do I celebrate this birthday party if I don't put cake inside my mouth? Right. And, you know, it's a really powerful experience to learn that you can disassociate celebrating with family and friends with overconsumption of sugar. That's an incredibly empowering experience. Mm. We're also afraid, though, of the reactions of people in the room. You can make people feel bad about what they're eating just by doing what you're doing. And that defensiveness, the pushback you'll get can be very surprising, especially if it's coming from those who are supposed to be loving you and supporting your health efforts. And it can really throw you off your game to the point where you just acquiesce and eat the stuff you don't want to eat just to keep the peace. So what do you do about that? Well, I think in the beginning, the most important thing is just to have a conversation up front mm. to mm. figure out why you're doing what you're doing. I am doing the Whole30 or I am going gluten-free for this reason or I am eating a low-sugar diet for this reason and this is how it's serving me and my self-interest. And then communicating with family, friends, and the people that you're going to be socializing the most about your very personal reasons why you're doing this health effort. So it's not oh, I hear the Whole30 is really good for cravings or 
you know, so many people eat too much sugar and the Whole30 can be good for helping to mitigate that, that can make people feel defensive. Instead, it's, you know, every night I'm prowling through the pantry at 10 p.m. and I feel like Mm. I can't settle in until I have something sweet and that makes me feel really out of control with food. So I'm doing this 30-day dietary experiment to help me get my cravings under control and establish some new nighttime habits. So really make it about, this is why I'm doing this for me. This is what problem it's going to solve for me. And so just be very clear about that so that they don't feel like you're being judgmental about the way everybody's eating. Or And also because by being a little bit open and vulnerable, ah. you're establishing a connection with mm. this person. This experience may now be relatable and they may open up about some of their own struggles or at the very least have empathy for your situation and offer you support. What I think is so great about your new book is that it actually gives people specific dishes to make for these occasions, which I feel like that's just a game changer because I feel like everyone's like, well, I don't know what to bring if I'm trying to be healthy. I don't know how to entertain. And so this is like, okay, here are actual things to make. Right. That look yes. that look delicious. And no one would look at them and say like, what's going on here? It would just look like the food that anybody would serve at any occasion. That is exactly the point. I don't want you to show up to your Super Bowl party with a bunch of dishes that people are like, oh my gosh, what is this? Like, what are all these weird green vegetables sticking out? You're showing up with, you know, wings and ranch dressing and, uh, you know, pulled pork and chili. And it's like all the stuff that you would normally eat and nobody would know that it happened to fit your specific, you know, dietary requirements. Well, I don't know if you're a Parks and Recreation fan, but the, yes. the Chris Traeger is like the health nut and he's supposed to bring the cake to this party and he <laughs> brings this kind of like vegetable cake and everybody's like, what are you thinking? I mean, it, it was just so wrong for the occasion, right? So you want to bring yes. something that's going to be, that's going to work for you and work for other people as well. Um, Absolutely. And when, why do you think people do feel so, why are they often kind of undermining? Do you think I they think know they're being undermining or do you think they're being kind of loving and festive? I think it can be a few reasons. One, they may be concerned for you being on this fad diet, or they may assume that you're trying to do it for weight loss because anytime someone changes their diet, why else would they try to eat healthier Mm. other than weight loss? Like that is our diet culture. So Uh. maybe explaining a little bit about why you're doing what you're doing, that you're doing it to try to identify your migraine triggers or help your digestion or your cravings or your energy levels can set their mind at ease. But sometimes it's just their fear of either having to acknowledge their own habits, which they know perhaps could use a brush up. Or, you know, maybe you're their friend who every time you go out for dinner, you kind of like share this conspiratorial look and say, do you want to order dessert? Yeah, I want to order dessert. Mm. And now if you're not that person anymore, who are they going to be dessert buddies with? So there's a lot of like fear and uncertainty and anxiety around changing the way you eat. And you can project that onto other people. And so if that's, if you're the one that's trying to eat healthier, the way you think to go forward is to really just be very clear and honest with people and upfront about this is why I'm doing this. And it's sort of like, it's no reflection on you. It's just that I have this issue in my life and I feel like my life would be happier if I try this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying this to see if this is something that's going to uh, move the needle for me. Yes. And then make an effort to continue to stay social, to accept the invitations to lunch and dinner, to go to happy hour and just order sparkling water and lime in your glass, like to understand and reassure the person that your friendship is based more than that, like one dessert you share after dinner once a week. And again, 
prove to yourself that this can be something that's sustainable and your friendship can, you know, withstand the the change of food on your plate because it should be able to. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, to your point at the beginning, you, you if you want to do this forever, it has to be a way where you can see your friends and have fun because you can't lock yourself away. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's not sustainable. So it, you have to figure out a way to make it work in a happy, involved, engaged life. You do. And what you may find with some friends is that you have to in, encourage other plans. So normally you would go out Ooh. for happy hour every single night. And instead what I do with my girlfriends is like, let's meet for yoga and then we go to brunch. Yeah. And that's a different experience. I'm still getting to share that time and, and experience together, but it's not like the only time I ever see them is because they want to go out for drinks. So you just substitute a whole different activity where it just feels like a different set of possibilities. Yeah, we're, And where food and drink aren't the centerpiece of the activity. We'll go for a hike. We'll go for a walk. We'll meet for a class. We'll go to a museum. Like there are all these different activities that you can do with friends that don't involve or don't center around Mm -hmm. eating or drinking something that you no longer know, you know, no longer serves you. Well, Melissa, thanks so much for coming to talk to us and helping us with this very common happiness stumbling block. It's so great to talk to you as always. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Good luck. Coming up, we have a travel-related demerit and a travel-related gold star. But first, this break. Gretch, I love eating sandwiches like a grilled cheese or a peanut butter (laughs) sandwich is my ideal lunch, but I'm very aware of my carb intake, so oftentimes I avoid sandwiches. Luckily, Hero Bread has remade carby, empty-calorie bread products into fluffy, delicious versions that include no-net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and fewer calories. Plus, it has protein and fiber. I have been using it to make grilled cheeses, and I use their tortillas to make a cheese quesadilla, and I am in heaven. Hero Bread tastes great, has a terrific texture, and helps you meet your nutrition goals. Don't give up being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use happier at checkout. That's happier at H-E-R-O dot C-O. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. As your kids get older, some things about parenting get easier. They can dress themselves. They can clean up after themselves, allegedly. Other things don't, like having conversations about money. The fact is, kids won't really know how to manage their money unless they're actually in charge of it. That's where Greenlight can help. Greenlight is a debit card and money app made for families. Parents can send money to their kids and keep an eye on their kids' spending and saving while kids and teens build money confidence and lifelong financial literacy skills. Yeah, Jack has green light. And one thing I love is that it includes a chores feature where you can set up one time or recurring chores and reward kids with allowance for a job well done. Gretchen, we used to mow the lawn. How much more motivated would we have been if we'd had funds deposited when we completed the hut chore? Mm-hmm. Sign up for Greenlight today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash happier. That's greenlight.com slash happier to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash happier. Okay, Gretch, you're up this week with a happiness demerit. 
Yeah, well, so much of this is being generated by our touring because we've been doing all this traveling together. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you know, I've talked before about how I have this elaborate process that I'm super proud of, which is because <laughs> uh, of the carry-on bag situation. So when I'm in the airport, like I'll have newspapers and like my my Uniqlo vest and like just sort of these odds and ends. And so when I'm in the airport, I carry them around in a canvas tote bag, one of those free tote bags that we all have too many of. Just to make my life easier as I'm like traveling to the airport and walking around the airport. And then right before I board, because I can't have a carry-on bag, my backpack and the bag, I, I just put it either in my backpack or I hold my book. I put on my giant shawl that I take on the airport. I just wrap it around my, my neck and then I stuff the canvas bag in my pocket. And so then I can walk on because I don't have three bags. I only mm-hmm. have the two. And then the minute I'm there, I unpack everything, put it back in the bag. And so this <laughs> is how I, and so I'm so excited. So the demerit comes, which I've been doing this for years. I'm so excited about this. I get on, I put in my carry-on bag, I sit down and I completely freak out and panic because I'm like, where's my canvas bag? Because I'm constantly like, I have three things. My rolly bag, my backpack, my canvas bag. My rolly bag, my canvas bag, my tote bag. I mean, my backpack, my tote bag. And I didn't have it. And I actually got off the plane. I had to take my carry-on off the plane And I start frantically searching around. I'm looking in the, you know, waiting area. I go to the ladies' room where I'd been. I couldn't see it, couldn't see it. Then I happened to look down and there was my canvas bag in my pocket. I had completely Ah, forgotten my whole system. And I just panicked and I should have just stood there for a minute and said, Gretchen, it's very unlike you to leave something behind. Are you sure that you left it behind? But I just lost my mind and immediately, like when it's a full flight panic. Well, and I'll remind you, you always say, if you lose something, first look at the spot where it's supposed to be. Yes. it's probably there. So had you done that, you would have found it. I know. I would have looked in my own pocket. So that's my demerit. I need to just take a minute. Don't panic. Um, Elizabeth, what's your gold star? Okay. Also a traveling gold star. Okay. So I have a big orange bag that I carry around. And it's very heavy because I put my purse inside of it for this very reason that you're talking about because I can only bring, you know, a rolling bag and a carry-on. It's basically the side of an overnight bag, basically. It is. Yes, you have a roll-on and an overnight bag. Because it has my laptop, my purse, et cetera. It's books. I usually have at least two books. Anyway, after years of carrying this thing around and my shoulder just aching and having to stop and rest throughout the airport... I realized on this trip that it has what's called a trolley sleeve on it. Ooh, and the what gold is star that? is really for trolley sleeves now, in general. Well, this sounds charmingly 1940s-ish. What is a yes. trolley sleeve? It's a sort of a loop on the back of a bag that makes it ver- makes it so that you can slip the bag over the handle of your rolling bag and have it rest on top of your rolling bag oh, and yes. not fall off. Yes. Stay there and then you can just push your rolling bag with this other bag on it and get around the airport and through the aisle on the plane very easily. So maybe everyone knows about these things. I did not. I looked at it. I said, well, that looks like I could put that over my handle in my rolling bag. And I did it. Anyway, it's great. And from now on, whenever I buy a bag like this one, I'm going to look for a trolley sleeve. The one I have, if anyone's interested, is a um, Vera Bradley tote bag, and it has this trolley sleeve. So something to look for in a bag. Well, I want to give a gold star for you for knowing the name of it, because that's the kind of thing where I would be like standing in the middle of a store being like, I want one of those things, one of those flaps. 
You know, it's well, like, I looked it up. I oh. had to do some research <laughs> to find out what it was called, but I did find out trolley sleeve. Trolley sleeve. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Avoid the false choice. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our terrific guest, Melissa Hartwig-Urban. Check out her new book, The Whole 30 Friends and Family, which Gretchen would make a great gift. The holidays are coming. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful cookbook. Yes, and very easy to use. And also check out her podcast, Do The Thing. Yes. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, our engineer, Bob Tabador, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, you know what's coming. Please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the resources for this week. Do you like to get regular book recommendations from me? Um, You can get them each month. I write a blog post about what I read that month. And I also occasionally write lists of recommended books on various topics. If you want to make sure you get these in your email inbox, visit GretchenRubin.com slash hashtag newsletter. I know that's weird. It's slash hashtag newsletter. And after you enter your email address, select book recommendations and any other thing that you're interested in. Also, if you are reading Happier at Home with a group, with a book group or you know, spirituality reading group, uh, you can download the free discussion guide at GretchenRubin.com slash resources. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Elizabeth, this talk of the trolley sleeve has got me thinking of that song from Meet Me in St. Louis. Oh, yeah. It's like, clang, 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 went the trolley. Ding, 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 went the bell. Zing, 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 went my heartstrings. From the moment I saw him, I fell. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we need Judy Garland. Come on. From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.